0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 299 of the Locked On New York Rangers Podcast. I am your host, John Chick. The Rangers, of course, coming off of a really tough 4-3 loss in Philadelphia to the Flyers last night. It's a game where I feel like the Rangers' effort was there, but the execution and the discipline simply were not. The Rangers gave the Flyers eight power play opportunities and as good as the Ranger penalty kill has been in recent games, uh, they got up to 32 successful kills out of 33 of their last possible attempts. Uh, They successfully killed off the Flyers' first power play opportunity in this game to get to 32 out of 33, but the Flyers end up scoring two power play goals, and they go on to the 4-3 win, and again, it's just too many penalties. I mean, there's only so many different ways I can say it. There's only so many different ways that David Quinn can say it, but you can't give a team like the Flyers, you can't give any team eight power play opportunities in one night, and something that I think think uh, really kind of stands out from this as far as, you know, the Rangers taking too many penalties is just the fact that four of these penalties that the Rangers took were either too many men on the ice or delay of game for shooting the puck out of play. And you just can't do that. I mean, I know I'm stating the obvious here. Again, I know there's only so many different ways I can say this, but you got to get away from these undisciplined penalties. And, um, you know, so that's four bad penalties right there. You shouldn't be taking too many men on the ice penalties. You shouldn't be taking uh, delay of game penalties for shooting the puck out of play. These things just can't happen. There was another bad penalty where Anthony Boteto had the puck, and it was stolen from him. And so he had no choice but to turn around and hook the guy because he was going to be one-on-one with Igor Shesterkin. And that happened late in the third period when the Rangers were down by a goal. So uh, the penalties were just absolutely killer last night. Even when, again, when you kill off the power plays, you're still back on your heels and you're still not really able to establish uh, your game and create scoring opportunities yourself. You're back on your heels and that's not a good way to play, obviously. Uh, We do have to talk about, of course, Chris Kreider. He gets a hat trick last night. And on one hand, you could kind of say that this came out of nowhere because the struggles of Chris Kreider and Mika Zabenejad And even guys like you know maybe Alexi Lafreniere you could throw in there you could throw in Ryan Strome you could throw in Capo Caco all those guys to an extent but the guys who have really uh, stood out this year as far as just being underachievers thus far in the season are Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad so on one hand you feel like this hat trick came completely out of nowhere like wow what got into Chris Kreider last night where's this been all season but on the other hand Chris Kreider's been a Ranger for almost a decade now and it's at the point where whether for for good or bad, I'm used to this. I'm used to Chris Kreider just being an extraordinarily streaky player. He goes through these runs where he's basically a ghost out there. You barely even notice that he's playing hockey and he's basically just invisible. And then he goes through these stretches and hopefully he's beginning one of those stretches right now where he heats up and he just catches fire and he looks as good as anybody in the NHL. I mean, he looks like a legitimate all-star caliber player, a legitimate superstar. And the thing that I love, you know, this hat trick for Kreider last night. And we talked about this in our last episode too, because Kreider kind of broke out of his scoring slump in the last game against the Capitals, the four to one win against the Caps, where, you know, he scored from in deep in the crease. And all three of his goals uh, in this game against the Philadelphia, same deal. He's down there in the crease. He's creating havoc. He sets up shop. He's screening the goalie. He's not allowing anybody to move him out of there. And this, to me, is his most valuable asset to the Rangers. He's that guy that can go to the net. He's that guy that can create havoc in front of the goalie. And he's the guy that can clean up these uh, rebounds and stuff them home and get some dirty goals for the Rangers. And again, Kreider, very capable of scoring highlight real goals, too. You know, putting a couple moves on the goalie, whatever it might be, finishing a one-timer. You know, he can score goals in a variety of different ways. But man, I love of these kind of goals from Chris Kreider, where he's just in the crease, he's not going to allow anybody to move him out of there, and, uh, you know, he'll basically just dominate the paint, so to speak, to use a basketball term, and uh, stuff in those loose pucks, and we saw him do that three times in this game last night, and Mika Zabanjad picking up assists on two of the goals, a couple of nice passes from Mika Zibanejad, he got the primary assist on each of Chris Kreider's first two goals, it could have been a bigger night for Mika Zibanejad as well, you know, he's the other uh, slumping New York Rangers superstar, so to speak, and... He did a really nice job on the penalty kill last night, did Mika Zibanejad. But he could have had, like I said, a far bigger night... He had two shorthanded breakaway opportunities going in one-on-one against Brian Elliott. And on both occasions, uh, Mika tried to pull the puck to his backhand and then look to roof it. And it's funny because, you know, in the offseason, we're we're previewing the season. We're talking about all these different players and, you know, best case scenarios and worst case scenario for every single player on the New York Ranger roster. And, you know, I was talking about Mika Zibanejad, how good he was last season. And I kind of just marveled at his ability to score on breakaways, to finish on breakaways, whether that's in... You know, during game action on an actual breakaway or during a shootout attempt, it seems like he always would skate in uh, kind of on the uh, to the right of the goalie a little bit and build up some speed and then pull the puck to his back in at the last second and roof it. We saw him score on so many breakaways and so many shootout attempts last season using this exact move. But I feel like at this point, it might be getting to the point where goalies realize that, too. You know, if you watch these two breakaways that he had against Elliott last night, on both occasions, it looked like Elliott was kind of sitting on that move, to now use a baseball term. he Like, the way a batter can kind of sit on a fastball or sit on a curveball. Uh, Brian Elliott seemed to be sitting on that move where Mika Zibanejad pulls the puck to his backhand and looks to roof it because he was in great position both times and uh, made blocker saves and just didn't let the puck get in. So, Mika, it might be getting to the point where goalies are kind of looking for him to make this move, and he might want to try to mix it up a little bit, try something a little bit different, maybe try to go five-hole, whatever it might be. He's, you know, obviously got some options. He's a very skilled player, but right now it just looks like goalies are sort of sitting on that move where he pulls it to his backhand, and uh, Brian Elliott, of course, makes two saves against Mika last night. And as for the mika Kreider combination, after 17 games, we finally see them link up for a goal because in the Rangers' first 16 games, not once in the entire season had Mika assisted Kreider for a goal— Nor had Kreider assisted Mika for a goal, which just blows your mind to think about when you consider all the beautiful goals they linked up for last season. But it finally happened last night. As we mentioned, uh, Mika Zibanejad got the primary assist on each of Chris Kreider's first two goals, which both occurred on the power play because they were not on the same line last night. They broke up Mika and Kreider. Mika was playing on the top line with Buchnevich and Lafreniere, while Kreider was on the second line with Ryan Strom and Colin Blackwell. But obviously good to see them uh, finally uh, link up for a couple of goals last night, and hopefully it's the start of uh, some good things to come. We'll see if they're back. On the same line for the next game, or if you now keep them separate and just put them out there together on the power play. Again, I would like to see some continuity from these lines, so I'm good uh, going into the next line with the same line combinations. Options are really limited right now. You don't have Panarin, you don't have Heedle, you don't have Kako. Uh, we'll see when they come back. Obviously, the Rangers need all the help they can get. They got a lot of injuries. They're struggling to score goals, and if Filip Heedle can come back. That can obviously give the Rangers a much-needed boost, especially at the center position, where, as we all know, the Rangers could definitely use a boost. Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Bet online offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, rumors are swirling about how long Albert Pujols has left in baseball. Is he the best player of his generation? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll get back to breaking down this Rangers-Flyers game in just a second here, but one thing that I absolutely must call attention to, I've been meaning to get to it, uh, Henrik Lundqvist is not only you know seemingly doing well after open-heart surgery, we talked about a couple episodes ago how he uh, went for a run and posted a tweet about it, took a selfie, uh, just kind of let everybody know that he's doing well. Uh, just a couple of days ago, he was back on the rink, full goalie pads and practicing hockey and wearing... Washington Capitals gear, too. Uh, I'm not sure who the skater was that was uh, shooting the puck against him, but, you know, regardless, he looked good. Um, He looks like he's back doing what he loves. More power to him. I'm not sure how this will work going forward. I mean, when Lundquist first announced that he needed open heart surgery, he basically, you know, sounded like he had all but ruled himself out for the upcoming season with the Capitals. But now, I mean, who's to say for sure? He's back out there practicing. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily safe for him. to? I mean, I'm not a doctor. I I can't sit here and say that he uh, definitely can play or definitely should not play. Uh, He's going to have to listen to his doctors and make the decision that he thinks is best for himself as well as his family. Uh, But just the fact that we're even sitting here talking about Henrik Lundqvist uh, playing goalie again, practicing goalie, being back on the ice rink, full pads, facing shots, doing all those things, possibly even gearing up for a return later this season, nothing short of amazing. And by now, all of us should probably uh, not be so surprised by this. I mean, I am surprised by it, but I really shouldn't be. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist is a legend. He's a winner. He's a warrior. Uh, If there's anything, if there's any way possible that he can get back on the ice this season, uh, I think that certainly he's going to look to do it. And again, it has to be, he has to feel comfortable doing it. His doctors have to give him the thumbs up and give him the okay. Uh, Maybe there's a way during these practices or during You know, team practices, if he goes back with the Capitals, maybe there's a way for them to monitor his heart. I don't know. Again, I am not a doctor, but just so cool to see Henrik Lundqvist uh, back on the ice and maybe, just maybe, gearing up for a return this season. We'll see. And it's funny because just as I started talking about this, I noticed that Henrik Lundqvist actually just 10 minutes ago put up a tweet or sent out a tweet, rather. This is what he had to say. Going to the rink this week has been very rewarding. My health is obviously my number one priority. It will be months before I can make any decisions regarding my future after more tests, convos with doctors. The one thing I do know with 100% certainty is that I still love the game. So he says months. I mean, we're in February here, and uh, I suppose if this is to be taken literally, you could say two months. That counts as months, plural. So I I guess maybe in April would be like the earliest time that he would be looking to come back. Uh... I would say, you know, it's hard to know this for sure, uh, but I would say it's probably still a little bit of a long shot that he ends up playing again this season. But one thing that we've all learned over the years, don't bet against hockey players coming back from an injury or or even open-heart surgery, whatever it might be, and certainly do not bet against Henrik Lundqvist. I'm still keeping my fingers crossed. Holding out hope against hope that he somehow uh, ends up lifting a Stanley Cup before this is all said and done. Uh, again, we will obviously keep tabs on it going forward here on Locked On New York Rangers. And all the best to Henrik Lundqvist. But turning our attention back to this Ranger Flyer game from last night. As we talked about, the Rangers went into this game shorthanded. No Panarin, no Heedle, no Kako, no Miller, no Truba. Ke'Andre Miller was actually placed on the COVID list about two hours before the puck drops, So obviously uh, not sure how long he's going to miss. Not sure if he actually has COVID or not, but either way, obviously all the best to Ke'Andre Miller. Uh, hopes for a speedy recovery there, and if you're the Rangers from a hockey perspective, you just keep your fingers crossed that he can get back out there as soon as possible and continue what really has been a, a rookie of the year type campaign here. I'm not so sure if he's really the front runner at this point, but Ke'Andre Miller, his name's at least got to be in the mix. He has exceeded all expectations this season, and like I've been saying on here, I think he's the best story of the Rangers season thus far. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry. You have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On" in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I thought Igor Shosturkin had a pretty strong game in net for the Rangers. He stopped 35 of 39 shots, and one thing that really stood out from Igor Shosturkin in this game is his ability and his willingness to basically just come flying out of the goal crease like a madman and get to the loose puck before uh, the four-checking flyer can get there and clear it down the ice. There was one instance where he actually uh, came out of the crease, got to the puck before the flyer could, and ended up shooting it all the way down the ice. So he took an icing there, but uh, it obviously beat the alternative because uh, it was actually Kevin Hayes who was bearing down on him. So. So better take an icing there uh, rather than have Kevin Hayes going one-on-one against Igor Shosturkin. But, you know, uh, the fact that Igor gave up four goals in this game, I think that can be a little bit misleading. He was really instrumental in keeping the Rangers in this game early because the Flyers really got the jump on the Rangers. I'd say the first five, seven, maybe even ten minutes, the rink was really tilted. The Flyers spent the entire... However long that was, you know, five or ten minutes, whatever it was, they spent all of that time in the Rangers zone, it seemed like. And Igor Shosturkin really came up with a couple of really nice saves. Something else that really stood out from Igor's performance is the third period he went 3-for-3 three three on breakaways, and I think in all three of these instances, the Rangers were trailing by a goal. So had the Flyers scored on the breakaway on any of those three chances, then the Rangers would have been down by two goals, and they would have been obviously kind of in dire straits, uh, needing to rally from a two-goal deficit with, you know, 10 minutes left, eight minutes left, whatever would have been left at the time. I suppose the third one wasn't really a clean breakaway, but basically what happened was Claude Giroux stole the puck from Anthony and in the Rangers zone, and then was kind of one-on-one with Igor and Igor kept the puck out, but Teto ended up having to take a penalty to try to prevent Giroux from scoring the goal. Uh, but Teto is overall I think played pretty well for the Rangers. Don't think this was really his best night last night, but really it wasn't the best night for any of the Ranger defensemen because I think the Flyers just got way too many uh, high-quality A or A-plus scoring opportunities, too many odd-man rushes. There was a chunk of time in the second period where this game basically just turned into a track meet, and we haven't seen as much of that from the Rangers this season. I mean, on one hand, it's kind of exciting. You know, you just get rushes going up and down the ice, back and forth, back and forth. But on the other hand, uh, not necessarily a recipe for success to just uh, kind of trade scoring chances. And that actually led to a Flyers goal. Uh, They went up 4-2 at that point in the second period. But yeah, Igor's been good lately. I thought overall, again, the four goals that he gave up last night, a little bit misleading because he also made some tremendous saves to keep the Rangers in this game. And of course, the Ranger defense, as we talked about, not quite up to par in this game either. Didn't really uh, play up to their standards that they've set so far this season. So Friday night's game against the Boston Bruins, Igor going to take a seat for Alex Georgiev. And I'm all right with this. I mean, I do prefer Igor Shesterkin overall, but you got to keep in mind, Igor has received Four of the last five starts for the Rangers. And Alex Georgiev was very good his last time out. That was on February 18th at the Philadelphia Flyers with the Rangers badly needing a win. And Georgiev gets the job done, leads the Rangers to a 3-2 win in the shootout. Georgie stopped 20 of 22 saves in that contest and also uh, prevented two of the Flyers' three shootout takers from from scoring in the shootout. So uh, to do a quick goalie comparison, you know, we haven't done one of these in a while, so I thought it would make some sense to check the stats here. First of all, games started, Igor Shesterkin has started 11 games for the Rangers. Alex Georgiev has started six. That sounds about right to me. I mean, coming into the season, you know, I've made no secret. I do think uh, Igor Shesterkin probably the better option in the short term and also in the long term. If you ask me right now, one of these guys is going to be on the Rangers eight, 10, 12 years from now, playing great hockey, Possibly being a Vesta candidate, who's it going to be? I would say Igor Shosturkin, But Alex Gorgiev has his role as well. He's earned that. And I think, you know, the two thirds to one third split, that sounds about right to me. If Igor really kind of separates himself down the stretch and the Rangers can crawl back into this playoff race, uh, we could see a lot of Igor Shosturkin over the last, you know, month of the season, two months of the season, six weeks, whatever it might be. Uh, but you might see the Rangers tend to lean on Igor Shosturkin pretty heavily uh, down the stretch this season. But Alex Gorgiev's going to be back out there on Friday against the Bruins. Like I said, I think he's definitely earned it. It's about his time to make another start. But again, just to go ahead and kind of break down the stats here, compare one goalie against the other for the Rangers. Igor Shosturkin so far this season is four, six, and one. Alex Georgiev is two, two, and two. Igor Shosturkin has a goals against average of two point four zero. Alex Georgiev is at two point nine five. Igor has a nine nineteen save percentage. Alex Georgiev is at eight ninety-three. Igor Shosturkin, still looking for his first career shutout. Alex Georgiev has one shutout this season. It was actually in his first start of the season, uh, the Rangers' second game against the New York Islanders. And this is a stat that I always like as well. I wanted to look at how often has each goalie held the opposition to two goals or fewer. And Igor Shosturkin has accomplished that feat in six of his 11 starts this season, so that's obviously very impressive. Alex Georgiev has held the opposition to two goals or fewer in two of his six starts this season, and obviously, fingers crossed that it becomes, uh, let's see, three of seven on Friday night against the Boston Bruins. There's a lot of pressure on the New York Ranger goalies right now. Whoever's out there, whether it's Shesterkin or whether it's Georgiev, obviously the Rangers have not scored goals at at the clip that we thought they would this season. We've got a lot of superstars that have been slumping this season. Hopefully that's starting to turn around again. Chris Kreider coming off of a hat trick last night because of Banajad coming off of a two assist performance in a, game that really could have been a lot bigger had he been able to convert one or both of his breakaway opportunities, but either way, you know, the Rangers, even when they were healthy, they were kind of struggling to score goals this year, and now, you know, there's a lot of injuries. So we don't know if Philip Hedl is going to be back or not. We'll talk about him in just a second, but yeah, no Panarin these last couple of games, no Hedl for quite some time now, no Capo Capocacco. And, uh, you know, even to a lesser extent, Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba, I know they're defensemen, but both players capable of uh, chipping in offensively as well. So the Rangers missing some guys, and they're kind of in a position where they might need their goalie to steal a game or two here over these next two weeks or however long it takes for guys like uh, Artemi Panarin to get back into the lineup, for guys like Capocacco to get back into the lineup, and uh, even Filipito. It looks like Hito might be the first one back. And actually, we're just going to talk about Filipito right now. As we mentioned, he was back at practice but David Quinn, he didn't rule Heedle out for Friday's game against the Bruins. However, he didn't really paint the rosiest of pictures either. This is what Quinn had to say. He's day-to-day. We're going to have to see him in practice a little more, but we'll see. And uh, he also added that he wants to see how Filippito feels after practice today. So we'll look for an update there. Uh, We'll talk about that. Hopefully he comes back tomorrow. We can talk about it on Saturday. And again, not too much Ranger fans can do other than just keep our fingers crossed and uh, hope that Filippito gets back into the lineup sooner rather than later. One other note about Filippito, though. He was actually placed on the COVID protocol list while he was out injured with this upper body injury. And as it turns out, Filippito did indeed have COVID. So obviously uh, we hope for you know, uh, recovery. It sounds like he has recovered. Otherwise, he wouldn't be back at practice. But you never know. There could be some lingering issues there. I mean, COVID seems to affect every person differently. And so, obviously, fingers crossed that Philippito, uh doesn't have any lingering effects from COVID. First of all, for Filippito, the person. And then secondly, Filippito, the hockey player. Because, you know, just not enough is known about COVID and the long-term ramifications. So, uh, yeah, obviously, fingers crossed that Filippito doesn't experience any lingering effects of any kind going forward. And we've kind of joked on here in the past about how there's only two real injuries in hockey. It's either an upper body injury or a lower body injury. And of course, Philip Hedel was out with an upper body injury. There's a method behind that because, you know, teams don't want their players to be targeted in those areas uh, if and when they do return to the lineup. Uh, but for Philip Heedle, it sounds like the injury was related to his hand. And this is what Philip Hedel had to say uh, about his recent absence from the team, his ongoing absence from the team. I'm happy that these two things were at the same time because that wouldn't be good if I would get back with the hand and in another week I would get COVID. And so Filippito obviously choosing to be a positive through what's obviously been a very difficult stretch for him. I mean, again, I would not wish COVID on anyone. I think that pretty much goes without saying. And obviously the injury occurred at a really rough time because Filippito was off to a really nice start this year, had two goals and one assist in his first five games. But beyond that, if you just go by the eye test, really looking dangerous. And we've talked about how thin the Rangers are at center. Uh, they can't get Philip back a moment too soon. And fingers crossed that he can play against the Bruins on Friday. But if not, maybe he'll be back on the Sunday afternoon game, also against the Boston Bruins couple other closing thoughts on last night's game. Johnny Brzezinski made his second appearance for the Rangers. He was subbing in for Capo Caco, who obviously missed the game due to uh, being added to the COVID protocol list. I thought Brzezinski really had a rough night. He took a penalty early in this game. He also had a really bad turnover that led to Brennan Smith taking a penalty and putting the Flyers on the power play. I don't know what happened. He was kind of skating out of his own corner. It looked like he tried to kick the puck up to his own stick, and he kicked it right to the Flyers. And The next thing you know, the Flyers have sustained pressure in the Rangers zone, and Bran Smith ends up taking a penalty. So that was unfortunate. And then he also kind of got caught napping a little bit, I thought, when he went off for a line change because he was exiting the rink and the puck actually made contact with him as he was going over the boards there. Now, Adam Fox saw what was happening. A really smart play by Adam Fox here. He was looking to jump over the boards, but he uh, re- kind of restrained himself and uh, allowed Brodzinski to get off first and then went onto the ice. It kind of led to a little bit of an odd man rush for the Flyers. Fortunately, they did not score there. But yeah, rough night for Brodzinski, And this kind of leads me into my next point. bradzinski ended up with nine minutes and 41 seconds of ice time, which I mean, fine, whatever. But he got 941 compared to Julian Gauthier, who's been there a- I mean, not all season, but he's been in and out of the lineup for the Rangers all season. He's played more games than Bradzinski, Julian Gauthier. He only gets seven minutes and four seconds of ice time. And I'm just trying to figure out, like, what did Bradzinski do in this game to warrant getting fairly significantly more ice time than Gauthier? And I realize, you know, neither one of them were out there for a tremendous amount of time. And in fact, those two forwards got the least amount of ice time than any other Ranger forward. But I don't know. I mean, I talked about in our last episode, I'd like to see Julian Gauthier get an opportunity here. We've got a ton of guys out of the lineup anyway. If there's ever a time to say, all right, kids, sink or swim, I think this is the time to do it. Make sure he's out there for more than seven minutes and four seconds. Otherwise, you're never going to find out what you have in Julian Gauthier. This is a guy who was taken in the first round several seasons ago. Now, granted, it wasn't by the Rangers. It was by the Carolina Hurricanes, but the Rangers traded Joey Keene to the Carolina Hurricanes last year in exchange for Julian Gautier. They didn't do that just to do it. I mean, you got to think that upper management sees something in Julian Gautier. They think there's some untapped potential there. He is somebody who's put up some really good numbers in the AHL. I realize that also has not translated to the NHL, but sooner or later, you got to give him a chance. I mean, why is Johnny Brzezinski getting more ice time than Julian Gauthier. Johnny Brzezinski is just kind of a journeyman and didn't really play particularly well last night. I think Julian Gauthier needs a little bit more of an opportunity, needs to get some more ice time. And if you're not going to give it to him and everybody gets healthy and everybody comes back, then you might as well put him back in the AHL and just continue to have him hopefully dominate down there and uh, continue to develop his game because playing seven minutes and four seconds a night is not going to be a recipe for success for Julian Gauthier, and I realize he hasn't always been great. He hasn't always been great this season, but sooner or later, just give the kid a chance. Let's just see what he can do and find out, again, if he's going to be, I talked about this in a recent episode, but find out if he's going to be a true building block of this rebuild or if he's just there keeping somebody's seat warm until somebody better comes along. We got to find out one way or the other uh, sooner or later, and with so many players injured, I just think this is a good time to do it. Something else that I realized watching this game, I really miss Kevin Hayes. I mean, man, could he help the Rangers right now. I think of all the players that the Rangers kind of, uh, you know, there was that mass exodus of players leaving the Rangers during the rebuild. The Rangers were trading everybody, trying to get draft picks, trying to get young prospects, all that good stuff. I, I think Kevin Hayes is the guy that the Rangers miss more than anybody. He's got a big physical presence. He can play in front of the net much in the same way that Chris Kreider can. He's a skilled player. He plays center which is where the Rangers are extraordinarily thin right now. So he could make all the difference in the world being on the Rangers right now and playing center. He can play on the power play. He could play on the penalty kill. And if you talk to a lot of Flyers fans, a lot of people that, uh, you know, cover this team, we did a crossover for with Locked On Flyers not too long ago. And it sounds like he's really emerged as kind of a leader on this team. And in fact, I'll take it a step further. If Kevin Hayes was still on this New York Ranger team, he might be the captain right now. It's possible. I don't know if it's likely, but it's at least possible. It's also possible that the Rangers still would not have named a captain, even if Kevin Hayes was still there, because they don't have a captain right now. But I think in this offseason, it would have been him, Kreider, and Mika probably in the running to be the next Ranger captain. And it's at least possible that Kevin Hayes would be wearing the C right now for the New York Rangers. It's something to think about. And God, I just missed Kevin Hayes. I don't know how else to say it. He ended up getting a goal in this game, the final goal of the game for the Philadelphia Flyers. That made the score 4-2, so that actually turned out to be the game-winning goal. And one other point I'd just like to make is something we've talked about before in the past, but show me a defenseman in this league who's better at defending the 2-on-1 break than Adam Fox, because he did it again last night. Whatever the situation on a 2-on-1, Adam Fox is going to hold down the 4 and basically uh, just not even allow you to have a scoring opportunity. It was kind of a weird play, because Farabee, it looked like if he would have really hit the Jets, he could have gone in for For a breakaway and be one-on-one with Shesterkin. Instead, he tried to make a pass and get his teammate involved. This allowed Adam Fox to catch up, and he basically just kind of laid down the ice, laid his stick down flat, and deflected the pass and uh, broke up the scoring opportunity. But Adam Fox, man, he's as good as anybody defending that two-on-one. It's just been a joy to watch him develop over these last couple of seasons. You know, I mentioned how Ke'Andre Miller, one of the brightest spots for the New York Rangers this season, Throw Adam Fox in there too, because he just keeps getting better and better and better in all aspects of the game. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Once again, that is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Thanks again, guys. And one other last announcement here our 300th episode will be the next episode. This is 299 What I'm leaning toward doing and what I think I'm going to do, we will not do an episode tomorrow on Friday. We're going to do our 300th episode on Saturday. I'm going to roll the dice a little bit here. The Rangers play the Bruins on Friday night, and so we will be able to talk about that game on Saturday in the 300th episode. I'd like to celebrate the 300th episode in style with a win. We'll see if the Rangers can get the job done, but either way, uh, the 300th episode will be forthcoming. And thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Those of you who've been here since the beginning or anybody who's kind of joined in recently. Uh, It's been an absolute blast doing the show with you guys, and we'll talk more about that uh, in the 300th episode. But yes, that will do it for today. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.